Marky, did you enjoy our episode on Jonah? Yeah. Oh, that's the one we do with uh, Anthony, right? Yeah. The Bible is funny fella. Yeah, he's a cool guy. He is. He was actually cracking me up hard. At first, I thought you were faking it, but... uh, I know. You were actually, like, dying of laughter. I was dying of laughter. He was a funny guy. Um, So we appreciate him being on the show. But today, we have a very special guest. He is... Dr. Frank Turek is on our show today. That's quite the intro. <laughs> yeah, it was a little long. Um, so if you don't know who Frank Turek is, uh, he's a dynamic speaker and award-winning author, and, and he also co-authored a few books, but he wrote Stealing from God. He wrote, I don't have enough, a- I don't <laughs> have enough atheists. atheists. <laughs> <laughs> he wrote, I don't have enough faith to be an atheist. He wrote, correct, not politically correct and legislating morality. He's also the president of crossexamined.org. So what he does is he he kind of does these presentations where he he brings some powerful evidence and like, some stories. It's like a tour that he does. At- yeah. And basically it's just a uh, an apologetic tour uh, where he speaks on major issues in the scriptures or in philosophy, whatever it may be that people have a hard time dealing with. Uh, He also has debated some prominent atheists. He debated Christopher Hitchens, I believe, Mm -hmm. and David Silverman, who's the president of American Atheists. Um, And he goes to a lot of college campuses. He's actually, he mentions in the episode that he's coming to Rutgers in New Jersey, and he does a lot of Q&As with the students and fields a lot of questions. A lot of his YouTube is just like videos of his Q&A content. Yeah, yeah, so also a few things that he's put out. He has an hour-long TV show every week called I Don't Have Enough Faith to Be an Atheist. Uh, it's on NRB TV, on DirecTV, channel 378, actually. His radio program is called Cross-Examine with Frank Turek, and it's on 186 stations every Saturday morning. Wow. And also he has a Cross-Examined app. Uh, he's, a, he's also a widely featured guest in the media, He's been on The O'Reilly Factor, Hannity and Combs, Faith Under Fire, and Politically Incorrect. And he also writes a column for townhall.com. So Dr. Turek is putting out a lot of content when it comes to Christian apologetics. And if you don't know who he is already, um, I'm sure you'll look into him after this interview as he gives a lot of really good points about miracles. Um, Also, I wanted to mention that he is a former aviator in the U.S. Navy. And he has a master's degree from George Washington University and a doctorate from Southern Evangelical Seminary. Um, so today we're having him on the show to talk about miracles since we just went through the book of Jonah. And we mentioned it a little bit in the episode as to why you can believe that something crazy like a man getting swallowed by a whale could have happened. But Dr. Turek's going to expound on that a little bit and give us a better idea of what miracles are why they can happen, what we can and can't believe, um, and and things like that. You know, you forgot the biggest thing. What? He's a Joysy boy. He is a Joysy boy. He he mentioned that he grew up on the shore, and so just because of that, I think this is worth a listen. So, we are going to go ahead and get right into it, and we hope you guys enjoy the show. 
go to Bible college? Uh, college of Biblical Studies in Houston. Oh, Houston. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah, I lived there uh, for about six years, and then I came right back to Jersey for whatever reason. Yeah, I don't know what's wrong with you, man. <laughs> That's what I hear from uh, everybody. <laughs> you like to pay taxes? You, you like to have an overbearing governor? What's, what's your point? Are you still in Jersey? No, I'm in Charlotte, North Carolina. Oh, okay. Are you a halfback? Did you start in Florida? No, no, my no, no. I came, I moved here to go to seminary, so we've been here for 27 years. Gotcha. Oh wow. So, hey, Doctor Turek, you're uh, friends with Michael Brown, right? Yeah, he's right. He's about half hour from me. You know, other side of town. Oh, nice. We uh, had him on. His episode hasn't aired yet, but we had him on recently. What does he know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. Not, nothing compared to you, apparently. <laughs> That's right. All right, so. We just studied the book of Jonah on our show, and that contains one of the most far-fetched, miraculous stories, I think, in the Bible. And so I wanted to ask you, are we supposed to believe that Jonah was literally swallowed by a whale? I think that Jesus did. So if Jesus did, I do, because I just have a personal policy. If somebody rises from the dead, I just trust whatever the guy says. <laughs> yeah, right. Well, do is there... Is there actual proof that that happened? Well, can you prove everything in the Bible by some external means? No. But uh, let's back up. People always have a problem with miracles. I get it. We have an, kind of an anti-supernatural bias in our culture today because, you know, it doesn't seem like we see miracles like, say, they happened in the Bible. But let me just point out that the greatest miracle in the Bible is not Jonah, it's not even the resurrection of Jesus. The greatest miracle in the Bible is the first verse. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Because if that verse is true, every other verse in the, in the Bible documents is at least possible. And the interesting thing about the first verse of the Bible is that you even have atheists admitting the data for the first verse. Stephen Hawking, the famous atheist physicist who died a few years ago and was probably the most popular physicist in the world, said— Almost everyone now believes that the universe and time itself had a beginning at the Big Bang. So he's admitting that space, time, and matter had a beginning out of nothing. Now, he tries to come up with another explanation, or he tried to come up with another explanation for the beginning. He failed, but he's admitting the data that space, time, and matter literally had a beginning out of nothing. Now, space, time, and matter literally had a beginning out of nothing. Whatever created space, time, and matter can't be made of space, time, and matter. In other words, the cause must be spaceless, timeless, immaterial, powerful, uh, personal in order to choose to create, also intelligent because in order to make a choice, you got to have a mind. So I always ask audiences, when you think about a spaceless, timeless, immaterial, powerful, personal, intelligent cause— who do you think of? And most people will say God. And, but then they'll say, well, how do you know it's the Christian God? Well, the answer is we don't yet. We haven't done enough research. We don't, you know, this could be Allah or this could be some other God. This could be a deistic God or some other theistic God. We don't know if it's the Christian God until we look at the evidence for Jesus. And when we look at the evidence for Jesus. We realize that the same being that walked out of the tomb 1,987 years ago is the same being in whose divine nature created the universe out of nothing. So if the first verse is true, every other verse is believable. Jonah is easy to believe if God can create the universe out of nothing. So <clears throat> I wanted to follow up with that. And uh, 
No, I think your daughter wanted to follow up. Someone <laughs> yes. said, Daddy! Yeah, right. yep. <laughs> this guy going on and on about. Welcome to fatherhood. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, really recently, didn't we talk about a story from like a few years ago where a guy survived uh uh, being inside a whale or something. Yeah, we did. Yeah, I mentioned in the Jonah episode that I was actually looking. There's a forum for divers, and uh, there's a story of this diver who did get swallowed by a whale shark and then spit back out. And so, yeah, I've seen that. But I think when we bring up um, possibilities like that, we're really kind of we're desupernaturalizing the Bible. It's not meant to be explained naturally. Right. It's meant to be a miracle. And by the way, this is a miracle that Jesus referred to. When he, he applies it to himself, the sign of Jonah. Hmm. That's says, interesting. Jonah will be three days and three nights in the in the belly of the great fish. So the son of man will be three nights in, or three days and three nights in the heart of the earth. He's, he's, he, the sign of Jonah is the sign of Jesus, that Jesus will die and resurrect because Jonah died in the belly of the great fish. He didn't survive. He died. That's the whole point. And then he was resurrected. And and he was vomited out to preach to the Gentiles. And Jesus died and was resurrected. And then he went out to preach to the Gentiles. It's the it's the same story uh, of uh, Jesus and Jonah. They're parallels. And that's why he brings it up. You know, I feel like I kind of want to circle back to scientists saying that or scientists admitting that God could be the first cause of the universe. But I see all these atheist YouTubers and thinkers that would say that science disproves that God exists. Can you speak to that? Uh, well, the first thing, when somebody says something, it's not your job to refute what they say. It's their job to support what they say. So I would ask them, how does science, first of all, what is science? Give me a definition. And secondly, how does that definition, whatever you're saying it is, how does that disprove God? Can you explain that to me? Um. I would ask them forever. Well, how? Because first of all, there's no consensus definition as to what science is. But if, if we had to kind of put a general definition on it from Sir Francis Bacon, we could say, where he said, true knowledge is knowledge by causes. Science is a method of inquiry, inquiry, easy for me to say, inquiry, <laughs> I'm from New Jersey. Forget about it. It's a method of inquiry to discover cause and effect relationships. That's what you're trying to do. Whenever you're when you're doing science, you're trying to figure out what particular cause caused a particular effect. Okay. Now, many naturalistic scientists today will say that we can only look at causes that are natural causes. You can't have a supernatural cause. Okay. Now, that's just a philosophical presupposition. Right. That's just philosophy imposed on science. You can't mm -hmm. do science without philosophy. But let's just take their definition. It's called methodological naturalism. We can never posit a supernatural cause, only natural causes. OK, let's go with that. If that's what science does, if science only looks at natural causes, how could science say anything about a supernatural cause? How could science say the supernatural cause doesn't exist if by definition, their own definition, science is only about natural causes. Mm -hmm. It would be like saying, and Ed Fazer gives this uh, illustration in his book, The Last Superstition. Ed Fazer is a Catholic uh, philosopher from Pasadena City College, written some great books. And uh, he says, uh, naturalists are like people on the beach 
and I grew up on the Jersey Shore, so you get to the beach early in the summer, you see these guys with these metal detectors, you know, <laughs> That's right. and they're looking for change and jewelry that people have dropped out off their, you know, off the, off them while they've been on the, uh, on the beach the day before. Uh, he says, naturalists are like people with metal detectors combing the beach saying, there's absolutely no such thing as plastic because I haven't found any with my metal detector. Huh. Well, Duh! You haven't found anything with your metal detector because metal detectors only detect metal. They're not. They're not. They're not trying to detect plastic. Meanwhile, your metal detector is mostly made of plastic, and you're saying plastic doesn't exist, right? Uh, so this is what naturalists do. They rule out anything that isn't natural philosophically, and then they say the method we use to discover the supernatural. Uh, has discovered that there are no supernatural causes, even though you've ruled out supernatural causes before you've even looked at the evidence. Yeah, exactly. Does that make any sense? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, for sure. Okay. So, uh, Dr. Turk, you're saying um, because of their philosophical presupposition, uh, this is why we see so many members of the scientific community that are atheists? Many people, they don't become atheists because they're scientists. They become scientists because they're atheists. Many of them are atheists when they go into science. They don't get into science and suddenly go, oh, there are no supernatural causes. I guess I'm an atheist. No, they come to science, believe in that. Hmm. And this is why in, in our book, Stealing from God, there's a chapter on science, and the chapter title is called Science Doesn't Say Anything, Scientists Do. Science doesn't say a word. There's no such mouthpiece known as science. Scientists say things. And all science, all all data needs to be gathered and all data needs to be interpreted. And who does that? Scientists. And sometimes scientists allow their philosophical presuppositions to overpower the direction of the evidence. In other words, if you're going to rule out, there's only two types of causes. There's only natural causes and non-natural or intelligent causes. There's only, yeah, either a cause, is, a cause is natural or it's not. It's intelligent. Those are the only two possibilities. If you're going to rule out intelligent causes before you look at the evidence, it's no wonder you're always going to arrive at a natural cause, even if the data is pointing toward an intelligent cause. See, the science isn't telling you that. Your philosophy might be telling you that, but the science isn't saying anything. You have to interpret the data based on your philosophical presuppositions. And if you philosophically ruled out miracles or natural or intelligent causes before you look at the evidence, it's no wonder you're always going to arrive at a natural cause. Okay. That's awesome. So let me just backtrack a little bit and set up the, the next question. So just, I think you touched on this. So a miracle is something that's supernaturally caused. Is that, is, sure. is that true? Yeah. Okay. So if you were to describe a miracle, how would you describe it? Well, a miracle is what I would call an overpowering of a natural law it wouldn't have occurred if nature was left to itself and it's done by a being outside the universe or uh, with the power of a being outside the universe. Because we overpower natural laws, right? We go up in an airplane, we're overpowering gravity. We, we jump to dunk a basketball, we're overpowering gravity, right? Um, so overpowering a natural law, a person can do, but this is beyond what a person can do. Uh, you know, I can't walk on water, but God can. He created water and he created gravity and all that, and he maintains all that, and he can walk on water if he wants to. I can't resurrect from the dead, but God can because he's the author and the giver and the resurrector of life. 
So a miracle is something that can't be explained by any natural cause or just by a human being doing something. In fact, in our book, I Don't Have Enough Faith to Be an Atheist, we identify six different types of unusual events. We don't have time to go through them all here. I'll just mention them. You know, you have uh, satanic signs, you have anomalies, you have psychosomatic um, effects, you have, um, let's see, there's uh, a couple others I'm forgetting right now. You have uh, providence, which is so often looked at as a miracle when it really isn't. That's when God is involved, but he doesn't overpower any natural laws. And then there are miracles where God literally overpowers a natural law. Uh, and uh, miracles are rare and they need to be rare. If they happened all the time, they wouldn't get our attention, right? Uh, the purpose of a miracle in the Bible is to say, hey, this guy speaks for God, you ought to listen to him. Like, why should we listen to Moses? Because oh, Moses can do miracles. Why should we listen to Jesus and the apostles? Because they can do miracles. If miracles occurred all the time, they wouldn't get our attention. I mean, this is one of the problems that atheists have. They say, well, I don't see miracles. That, that, that must mean they don't occur. Well, look, suppose resurrections occurred routinely. I mean, what would the resurrection of Christ mean to us? Yeah, nothing. It'd be That's nothing. We go, you know, you go to somebody, you go, Jesus rose from the dead to prove he was God. Yeah, I go, so what else is new, right? Yeah, so what? My Uncle George just rose from the dead two weeks ago. <laughs> now I got to give the inheritance back. No, <laughs> got to be a rare event if it's going to get our attention. It can't be a regular event. And by the way, the only way you could identify a rare event if it's against the backdrop of a regular event, natural events over and over again, natural laws, doing the same thing over and over again. The reason a resurrection gets our attention is because it is so rare and just about everybody else dies and stays dead. It's a natural law. So I'm actually happy that you went that route because you kind of set it up. Uh, you, you mentioned Moses and people in scripture that, you know, they, they question them, how, what, what, their validity. They, they, they prove their validity with miracles. So God used them. God ultimately got the glory. The person doing it did not. So what's keeping God from using the faith healers that we see today from getting glory and, and what, you know, how do we know that they're legitimate or not? Well, I think you have to evaluate any claim to a miracle on a case by case basis. Okay. Um, and I think you just got to look at the evidence and see if it fits. Uh, personally, um, there's a question out there that theologians discuss, and that is do miracles occur today or were miracles just for biblical times to confirm a prophet who had new revelation from God. People who say miracles don't occur today would be considered cessationists, that all the sign gifts and all the things that occurred, say, back in New Testament and Old Testament times have passed away because there's no need for more miracles today because God's revelation has already been confirmed. We just read the Bible and we know what God wants us to do. And we know that uh, that is uh, through other evidence. We know that this is his word, okay? Other people will say, no, miracles do occur today. Now, where do I stand? I think miracles do occur today, but they don't occur very often. In fact, Craig Keener from Asbury University, um, or Asbury Seminary, I should say, has written a hernia-inducing two-volume set called Miracles. It's like 1,100 pages, and it, these are modern-day miracles, not miracles from New Testament times. And if just one of those miracles that he documents in his book, and he's got hundreds of them in there, are true, 
that miracles occur today. But let me hasten to say one thing. There doesn't need to be a miracle since Jesus and the apostles for Christianity to be true. You don't need modern day miracles to prove Christianity. If there hasn't been a miracle since Jesus and the apostles, Christianity is still true. But here's the problem for atheists. This is a huge problem for atheists. For atheism to be true, every single spiritual experience and miracle claim in the history of the world has to be false. Hmm. Is that possible? Yeah, it's possible. Is it reasonable? No. That's interesting. I, I never thought about it that way either. It, it is kind of an extravagant claim to say every single miraculous claim is completely false. In the, in the it has for, for atheism to be true. Right. That is that is a crazy claim. Well, even more than atheism, I think people are turning to New Ageism for stuff like that. You know yeah, well, I mean? it's it's a, it takes more faith to be an atheist. Someone should write a book on that. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that is catchy. Hey, I just wanted to follow up with one last question, uh, and it kind of incorporates what we mentioned before, how I noticed that there was a diver that got swallowed by a whale shark and all that. I wanted to ask if miracles can just be freak natural occurrences that are overly spiritualized by people. Like, is there a need for God to actually cause miracles to happen? No, he doesn't have to use miracles. He does. But that's the one other of the six events I forgot. And anomalies. What's an anomaly? Um, well, for example, years ago, scientists couldn't figure out how bumblebees flew because their wings appeared to be too too small for their body. They shouldn't aerodynamically have been able to fly, but they still flew. Now, we didn't call it a miracle. It was a natural event that occurred in an unexplained way. We couldn't figure out why bumblebees flew. We eventually figured out a bumblebee has kind of a power pack, which compensates for its short wings, so it allows it to fly. But for a long time, it was an anomaly. We didn't know. Now, an anomaly is not a miracle. Neither is a psychosomatic uh, issue. Neither is magic, which is human sleight of hand. Neither is a satanic sign, uh, or neither is divine providence. It's not a miracle when God, uh, you know, some people will say, well, it was a miracle I met my wife. No, it wasn't. Unless she walked across the lake to meet you, right? Which, no, that didn't happen. Maybe God prearranged events so that you met your wife, but it wasn't a miracle. A miracle is when, as I said earlier, an, a natural law is overpowered by God uh, in order to get our attention in some way, uh, something that wouldn't have happened in the normal course of events. That's awesome. I uh, I really appreciate how you put together something that seems so unbelievable, like these miracles in the Bible or even possibly miracles today. Something that seems so unbelievable suddenly seems very rational from the way that you put it together. So I appreciate that. Yeah, well, it, is, it, it is rational. Let me say one other thing, though, about miracles, because people um, have a hard time believing them. One thing you can say to them when they say, I don't I don't believe in miracles is look around. You're living in one. Right. This universe is a miracle. Mm. OK, it, it wouldn't exist unless God spoke and created the universe out of nothing. And they'll, they may say, well, look, I can't believe in something I've never seen. Well, first of all, you're seeing the universe. But another thing you can say to them is you believe in a lot of things you've never seen. Like you've you've never seen the laws of logic. Do you believe them? Now you're using them right now. You've never seen your mind. 
yet you're using it right now. You've never seen justice. Why? Justice is not a physical thing. It's not something you see. It's an immaterial reality. You may have seen people be just or unjust, but justice isn't something you see. Same thing with love. You don't see it. It's not a physical thing to see. Um, you've never seen gravity. You say, Frank, we see things fall to the ground all the time. No, you're not seeing gravity. What are you seeing? You're seeing the effects of gravity. We really don't even know what gravity is, <laughs> but we see its effects. Same thing is true with God. We know God by his effects. We see a creation, that's the effect. We reason back to a cause, a creator. We see design in the universe, that's the effect. We reason back to a cause, a designer. We have a moral law written on our hearts, that's the effect. We see a moral law giver, that's the cause. We reason back to our moral law giver. And this is what all scientists do. They reason from effect to cause. Um, our readers or listeners here have never seen George Washington, yet you believe he existed, why? Because he's left effects behind that people want to tear down for some reason right now. He's left effects behind that are best explained by the person known as George Washington. Same thing is true with Jesus. You've never seen him, but he's left effects behind that cause you to go, yeah, there's a, a real person named Jesus. Hey, Dr. Turek, I, uh, like I said, I appreciate everything that you presented today. And if uh, our listeners want to find out more about you or, or what you offer, where can they go? crossexamined.org. That's crossexamined with a D on the end of it, .org. We also have a uh, an app that they can get for free, uh, two words in the app store, crossexamined. And if they go to the website, they'll see we have a YouTube channel with like a thousand short videos on it from Q&A, Q&A from the college campus. Uh, they have, uh, uh, we have on our Facebook page, a number of uh, videos as well. We we have a TV show, a radio program, a podcast. They can all see that on the uh, on the website. We also do a live stream, usually once a week now, usually Thursday nights. Uh, all all that they can see right off our website. So if they're interested in that kind of thing, go to crossexamine.org. And uh, if the lockdown ever lifts, I think we're going to be in New Jersey in the spring of 2021. I think I'll be at Stockton. If that's is that right, Stockton, and also at Rutgers. We'll have to swing by and talk to you. Uh, well, yeah, come by, sure. come to the event. Let's see, Stockton University. When is that going to be? That's going to be February fourth, and then I want to say around April first, April second, we're going to be at Rutgers with Max McLean. He's doing his C.S. Lewis play, and we're going to do. I don't have enough faith to be an atheist the next night. We were supposed to do it this past April, but it got canceled, so we're just rescheduling it. Nice. I went to Rutgers. <laughs> I'm sorry to hear that. <laughs> uh, it's been uh, surreal talking to you, Dr. Turk, because uh, when I was coming into my faith, a lot of the questions I had, I would search it up online and I would find your videos. So it's been a real pleasure talking to you. Oh, well, thanks for having me on. And, uh, and uh, check out all our other resources out there. And maybe I'll see you guys when we come to New Jersey. Awesome. Sounds good. I appreciate yeah, it, Dr. Turk. Dr. Turk, I'm just curious. Did you see the poster of you as a Marvel superhero? <laughs> Uh, Jorge sent that to me. Who did that? It's it's a guy. He, he's really become one of my friends. One C fifteen. It's First Corinthians fifteen. Apologetics. Oh yeah, he has a really respectable page, and he admires you a lot. Oh good. So one C fifteen. Yeah, one C fifteen underscore apologetics. Um, he does really solid work. But I'm just curious. Are you the superhero that you wanted to be? 
I don't know. Who, who am I in there? Am I Captain America? I, you're right next to, uh, you know, William and Craig, Iron Man. I, I can't figure out which one you are. I think you're Thor, but I can't figure it out. <laughs> 1C15.com? What is it? No, 1C15 underscore apologetics. He actually oh. made us, too. He made us as well. We're, we're the Bible dingers, um... As, as the Avengers. That's his Instagram. I think his website is 1c15.co.uk. <laughs> oh, so he's from the UK. Yeah. Thank you oh. so much for taking the time out of your busy schedule for this. Absolutely. Well, so just so you guys know, my son and I are writing a book about what we learn about God from superheroes. So Perfect. There you go. Oh, so this can be the cover of your <laughs> book. This could be the cover. Yeah. You can put these guys on there. Yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> Well, I hope we speak again. I really do. I hope you become a friend of the show. It, it's really an honor, and, and thank you so much. Well, thanks for the work you guys are doing, and uh, uh, just uh, let me know if you're coming to those events, if we're, if they happen in uh, in uh, spring of uh, 2021. We'll meet you there. Awesome. Yeah, for sure. I'll, we'll definitely write you an email or something if, if we're going to make it, and you know, if it opens up, I don't see why not. It'll be a cool trip for us. All right. God bless you guys. All See right. you. Thanks, Dr. Turk. Thanks. Thank you. Bye. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye.